Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Just talking away there and forgot to that we're actually supposed to be going live soon. <laughs> 20 seconds. Jeez. See, I got three minutes to time, and you can. I, I don't know. I think your clock's running early, but it's okay. It's Have all you got good. three minutes. Oh, oh, yeah, I got three minutes too. Oh, dear. Okay, yeah, the, the, is there something wrong with my clock then? Because it's two minutes off for some reason. Oh, this yeah. happened. This happened for 420 last week too, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, we're going live now. We're going live. Boo! <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> we're early. I couldn't resist. Apparently, we're early by two minutes for some reason. Uh, my clock is off on my PC by two minutes, and the clock that's used for the live stream is obviously linked up to my PC. No, so... I think the clocks in the UK are just running faster these days, you know? <laughs> you're just... Actually, you're two minutes in the future. Yeah, we're just trying to give off the false impression that we're actually forward thinkers in we're in the future. <laughs> I think you're trying to case. catch bubble hawk. Sooner or not later, you're going to be up there. It'll, it'll <laughs> yeah, be Monday morning. Trying you know? to catch you with bubble hawk, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say that you keep keep cutting two minutes off here and a minute off there. You eventually catch up. Might take a while, but you'll get there. So yeah, we're two <laughs> two minutes. So we're just going to sit here in silence for two minutes until it's actually uh, nine o'clock. Okay. So back in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not. Really have... He couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't do it. Quiet. <laughs> dead air is terrible. We can't have dead it air. Is, but I mean, it's crazy that uncomfortable dead air. That's what we were after right there, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Is everything working? All the mics are on. Blah 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 blah. Fifteen minute intro was stopped. Uh, let me just shut it down to make sure it doesn't go off again. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Welcome everybody. Happy Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Welcome to High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersisGrown.com. Blah blah blah. Blah, blah, blah. You, you know the intro by now, everybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at this. John Finnegan says, no, Mrs. M just sets the clocks that way to make sure Mackie is on time. <laughs> uh, hmm. Actually, Mackie does run on time. Usually, I'd have to say for the you know, last three years that I've, I've dealt yeah. with uh, things. Yeah, he knows what time it is. I'm very punctual. Usually. I'm always, except, you know, at least two minutes early for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He likes to be a little bit a shade early, always. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, of course, I am Mackie from the UK. Uh, we also have Monkey joining us. You want to say hi, Monkey? Hey, everybody. Monkey down here in the Southeast US. How's it going, guys? Uh, we have Bubba Hawk. Good morning, everybody. Bubba Hawk here from uh, the land of Oz. Sounds a uh, bit sleepy, dude. He said always a little bit sleepy. He needs his coffee, he needs to hit the bong. Uh, this is it. Um, I've got my coffee. I've got. I've got the. Um, I've got a nugget in front of me. I've just got to find my grinder now. <laughs> he's he's working by braille. He hadn't woke up yet. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Still dark and shit, you know. <laughs> it is. I've got birds in the background, but it is still dark. Yeah. Who's well, our special guest this week, Maggie? Our special guest this week we have Annie from the High Ladies, and we should also have Amanda coming along later on, right? Hello, hi ladies. We're happy to be back again. Yeah, Amanda should be here any minute, but hi from the hi ladies up in Canada. Cool. Fantastic. Thank you very much for coming to join us again. Yeah. Always no super cool having you on the show, man. Mm -hmm. You know, we all ha have that common interest of cannabis. It seems to be a, a good common interest to have with people. <laughs> yes. Yes. A good starting point at least. Mm -hmm. So you yeah, guys well. still on break now? We are. We take a really long break in the summer. 
mm-hmm. uh, partly because we need it and we're burnt out, but also because oh, yeah. we have young kids and families. So we're gearing mm-hmm. up September 27th. We're coming back for season five. And I can't confirm anybody who's coming on, but again, we have some really great guests and uh, some great, we're going to stick with innovation, innovative people, innovative products. And yeah, we're excited for it. Nice. Uh, if you're not a, a subscriber to the high ladies on Instagram, I do subscribe there. I would recommend go do that because all of all their podcasts, all their guests are listed on Instagram. So do that. You'll, you'll know exactly what they're up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hit 9,000 followers, which is so exciting. And we don't put out too much content. Like I don't like 18,000 posts a day. We stick to two posts a week max. This is what's happening. Come join us. Here we are. Good content, straight to the point. Yes, man. Mm-hmm. 9,000 followers on Instagram. That's fucking awesome. That's more than Percy know. says. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Social networks, just one of those things, man. You just never know when they're going to take it away, do you? Seen the crap Rizo Rich has been getting recently over on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, it is scary, especially because that's our main form of communication with our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, knock on wood, uh, we keep it clean, and so far so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I heard Rizo Rich that. had a had a lookalike account pop yep. up on him, like a fake account oh, for Rizo Rich. Yeah. Well, he could, and the thing is, because I saw him up on Instagram, you know, going on about this fake account and. His Instagram page got shut down after like one or two reports against it. But this mm. fake account has had like a hundred people report it and it still hasn't been taken down. There's no rhyme or reason. There's Mm-mm. really no rhyme or reason. It is madness, isn't it? It's just like the Wild West over there on, on Instagram. So it's full of bots and fake accounts by the look of things, man. But if you put one more- of those spiky leaves up, you're fucked. Yes, it's a monster too that needs to be fed. If you don't play with Instagram, doesn't play with you mm-hmm. so it's a hungry monster it's a yeah. scary world we live in that's our problem i just don't like deal with instagram i don't put anything up i'm supposed to but well that's why i need to go off the grid like that's why i go off the grid mm-hmm. i let mm-hmm. everything go to shit i live in the woods and i can come back and deal with it all for sure nice. take me with you next time yeah <laughs> session at the cabin Sweet, I'm there. You have I'll to bring the thirty miles to get there because there's no roads and shit. That sounds good. Oh no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Sounds good You're unless you break your leg. You know. <laughs> I'll give you the secret location. Note how I have not said where it is. Nice. Mm. You did. You said it's in the woods. In the woods. I know exactly where that is. Somewhere around the 49th parallel. Cool. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big somewhere, just along yeah. the parallel. <laughs> 38, close to 49, yeah. <laughs> but what were we all smoking on before we go on to the news? Um, well, you got just... Bubba Huck. Um, This morning, I'm actually going to hit some Purple Kush. Um, and then I've got a little bit of um, some CBD I'm going to mix in with it because I've just, my back's decided to go for on, on a bit of a whinge walk. And um, um feeling a little bit sore but other than that um yeah i'd say that and then i might progress to maybe some rosin and or some bubble hash a little further on in the show depending on how much i want to upset my colleagues at work choices choices <laughs> how much you want to upset my co-workers i like that yeah <laughs> well i mean apparently apparently it's always fun and games but i can be a little bit um 
a little bit doughy, I think was the term they used oh, when they yeah. came in. Yeah. I mean, I it, look, uh, to be fair, it, it's really hit and miss as to how high I am before I walk in on any given day. But on um, on Mondays, it tends to be a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> it's because I'm up earlier. I get to get into it earlier. Sure. So what, what do you have, Andy? You got something nice? I've uh, just before the show, I had some blue cheese, which is really oh, nice. Yeah, another one of Mackery, Mackey's favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, from a local legacy grower too, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. How is it? Is it nice? It's pungent. Oh, very pungent. Very mellow. Mm-hmm. But still, like I can still get shit done, and mm-hmm. that's always important to me with my high. That you know, I want to feel it. I want to feel good. But I got to keep moving. Mom's yeah. got to keep moving. I, I love that blue cheese shit because that's it. You can still get shit done, but you know, it's yeah. a good, fucking beautiful, really thick flavored weed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. What you say, Monkey? What you got? Uh, right now, G13 Hayes, Barney's Farm. Classic, so, man. Classic. Nice. Yeah. This is about a nine and a half months in the jar. So it's just on the edge of where I want to go and finish it up. And I'm about, about a half ounce in the jar. So perfect timing. Very cool. So are we, are we ready? Should we move on to the news? We can, if that's what we want to do. Does everyone want to play news now? Do we have to? <laughs> Can't we just chat shit and talk about films? It's, it's more fun that way, man. You know, let's talk about random stuff. You know what I mean? But no, no. People here are expecting news. We should do it. I guess they are. We've got some good news stories to cover as well, I think. So, yeah, man, I think it's, uh, it's time. We should talk about the cannabis news and events. Is everybody ready? Let's do it. Sure. Just getting rid of the cookie sensors here. Anyway, yes, news, let's do it. Let's do it. Do it now. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Everybody got quiet there for a second. Nobody oh, yeah, be because the, the music plays on the live stream for everybody to listen. Like, oh, look, that's the really professional news intro about High on Homegrown has. But in the background in the Zoom, we don't hear anything. We can't so hear we, anything. Though, yeah. we, we, we're so used to just getting quiet. We, we just sit to... 10 seconds, were, no sound. There was about three shows when we were allowed to hear, and all of a sudden it's like, nope, that ain't working. Because it, it was causing echo on the other side. It was uh, doubling up the sound. <laughs> I think you just mm. like to keep us guessing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like for 10 seconds, everybody just sits there silently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what goes on in the background, everybody, just in case you didn't know. So anyway, so news and events. Uh, would you like to go first, uh, Annie? You, I mean, you know, you're the I, guest. I, I, give me a few minutes and let's see if Amanda makes it. Yeah, because, good, uh, good plan, yeah. actually. Yeah, nice. Right, so... I have faith in her. Sorry? I have faith in her. Yeah, she'll be here. She she'll be here for sure. Yeah, well, just going to take it first, then. How's that? Cool, man. Yeah, take go for it. it. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So my article this week uh, comes from Euronews, and it's cannabis to go on sale in Switzerland as part of a study into regulation. Now, this article has been hitting my news feed probably for a couple of weeks now. Sweet. Uh, And it's interesting because cannabis is going to go on sale in pharmacies in Switzerland as part of a new research into the regulation of the medicine. And they want to call it a drug. I'm going to call it a medicine. Uh, Long stigmatized for illicit use, scientists are now looking into how legally selling cannabis will affect consumption and health among the users. But what they're interested in here is if we legalize, what's going to change? And I actually think this is a a, a novel approach. Uh, Although I'm not really sure exactly if if it's going to do 
exactly what they're looking for. The so-called weed care study will allow 370 participants to legally buy hemp products from nine dispensaries in, in, in Brazil. Just 370 people? 370, and that's it. Now, there are other things in this that uh, they're going to have, I believe it was four strains of, of cannabis available and two strains of hashish available. And that's basically all they're going to allow them to buy. And they're going to be available to these, to these purchasers at a competitive price of eight to 12 euros per gram, depending upon what the legacy market's going to sell it at. So what they're trying to do is match price with legacy market. They're not trying to make it cheaper. They're just trying to make it easily available. And they want to see what's going to happen as far as these users, these people go. Uh, first thing you want to know is consumption changes, whether you're going to consume the same amount or you're going to consume more. Now, I think this is pretty uh, interesting right there because obviously to, to me, if you take the stigma out of going, having to go find it and if it becomes easily available and safe, wouldn't common sense say you're probably going to consume more of it? I think that, you know, in my mind, that, that's where it's going to go. Uh, Pretty, pretty interesting stuff right there. And then they also want to know they're going to, they're going to study the mental health of the individuals. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do this, what, what type of testing they're going to have to do or interviewing services, but they want to find out if, in fact, uh, free access to cannabis is going to cause mental health issues for these individuals long term. And also not just mental health, but physical health issues. So they want to find out before they want to pull the trigger on their recreational market. Hey, what's going to happen here? Mm -hmm. um, not a bad idea, actually. But like Mackie said, 370 people. It's like these, what, fucking 11 people, 12 yeah. people? Well, these people dispensary. are going to be, some of them are going to be mixed, are going to be pe uh, people who are legacy users now and people who don't use but want to use, that kind of stuff like that. So they're mixing it up. But that's an awful small sample of mm -hmm. our country that you're looking at millions of people right there. But at least mm -hmm. it's a start. And they say the nine uh, pharmacies, dispensaries, what word did they use specifically here? Pharmacies is what they said. They're going to have it at pharmacies. Right. So, yeah, they're going to have just a few pharmacies and you'll have to go to these pharmacies and you will, you will have your choice of, let's see exactly what it says here. Four different cannabis herbs and two types of hash will be available at the pharmacies. And they basically just have to show their ID cards and they'll be allowed to buy it at market price. But only flour and hash. So no yeah. edibles, no drinks, no tinctures. It's no. crazy talking, it is. Well, it's a small study, very definitely. And, and I think that's, that is a problem there. It is kind of flawed in that respect. Uh, interesting enough, though, I wanted to piggyback another article that I found that also looks at uh, usage in legal markets and, and usage in illegal markets. And this is a study that's done in the US. It's a cannabis legalization boost by double digits use. Okay, so residents of states where cannabis has been legalized use cannabis 24% more frequently than those living in states where it remains illegal, according to a new no, published I think, in the Journal of Addiction. No, I think the thing is 25% of the people will come out and say that they use cannabis because they're not going to be fucking prosecuted for it now. Exactly my yeah. thoughts when I first read this. It's like, yeah, because it's not illegal, more people are going to be willing to be honest on, on the interview now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to have some people, I don't care if you tell them it's, it's going to be confidential or what, you're going to have some people that are afraid to say you're doing something illegal on a survey. Mm-hmm. Even my doctor yeah. asked me, you know, in a study or something, do you mm-hmm. use cannabis or all? I'd be like, what is this cannabis you speak of? I have no idea. Sorry, Annie. Statistic in a bubble either, because maybe cannabis use is up. But cross-reference that with is alcohol sales down, because that's what's mm-hmm. happening here in Canada. As I read that. Up, yes. Alcohol sales go down and mm. mental health, you know, improves. So you can't look at that big. Yeah, maybe there is more cannabis being sold, but that means there's less booze being sold. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I also read an article this week that, that said that tobacco use is down and cannabis use is up. So again, there's there's another, you know, give and take right there. People are... are going a little bit more in favor of cannabis over something they, they know they can get big health problems and long use of that would be tobacco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Switzerland this, should look at Canada, like look at how it's worked out here. And I've been to Switzerland. They're such a respectful people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a worry is will people be smoking cannabis all over the streets and will the, you know, the streets be full of smoke? No, you know, we are a respectful community and Switzerland is an especially respectful community mm-hmm. the people there are lovely yeah i think the uh, yeah the community can pretty much guide that pretty well people i mean tourists will probably not respect it but let's see might need politely prodding in like hey hey hey, we don't do that here you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this the study that showed 24 percent more usage in states where it's legal wouldn't you just but besides just the fact that you know more people are going to set or admit the fact that they're using it the fact that I now can can easily find it, I don't have to wait. Like Mackie would, has constantly said, you know, um, I'm 15 minutes around the corner. Yet so your dealer telling you this for the last four hours. 15 minutes you know? around the corner, mm-hmm. fam. I'll yeah. be right with you. But now it's safe. It's available. It's easy to get to. It's there when you want it. So yeah, obviously, I think people are going to use a little bit more because it's more available now. Mm-hmm. So and also, people who have never tried it before are probably going to use it. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. we can talk us, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. But the study in, in the U.S. was a study of 3,400 adult twins. Now, this was a, that was an interesting one because they're actually this is this is a study that's not specific cannabis. It's a study that's been going on for years now, like 20 years. The study, and because they have the study that they've been following lifestyles of these twins that are living in different states, they feel like the twins they share genetic information, and in most cases most identical twins have similar socioeconomic situations. So it's a Mm. good comparison of one versus the other. So they said, hey, this is a perfect place to go and ask a more question of these twin studies. And so that's how they they use that study to find that there's 24% increase when when cannabis is legal in states. I think I respect that type of a study a little bit more than 370 random people. But don't twins have that like psychic connection, bro? I don't know, man. What if one smokes, but the other one still gets stoned? I don't know about it. <laughs> he won't have to smoke then. The one in the last day could get high for both of them. No, if I was a twin, I'd be fighting my brother to the death. Like, no, I'm the one who's got to smoke the weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit. Well, I'd be interested to see what the study in, in uh, Switzerland finally comes up with. Uh, yeah, man. You know, Switzerland, I think, I think eventually my prediction is they will go legal, uh, recreational legal eventually, but I think they're going to do it very carefully and very measured. Uh, eventually everywhere will, you know, the, the, uh, 
the dominoes are falling, man. Yeah, one by we got to get that stigma broken. Still, mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. More, uh, still a lot of people out there that believe this is poison. Devil's lettuce, monkey. Devil's no, lettuce. No, 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 no. I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, Amanda or Annie, actually, it's not uh, Annie. Is, is is Canada still there? <laughs> I mean, it's been legal up there for a little while now. Is it still going on up there? Uh, people smoking cannabis. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, life in general. It hadn't, hadn't destroyed your country yet, has it? No, and uh, you know what? It's actually been a beautiful thing. And a lot of people we're finding, a lot of people getting into the market are people who are older, who are trying to get away from some of the more heavy painkillers and go for, you know, something that's less invasive on their body. And again, people quitting smoking, cutting down drinking and taking up cannabis. And we have a dispensary on every corner. Nice. So it's available and people are taking advantage of it. And I, 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 it's made the government loss of fucking money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's probably what's going to go ahead and, and drive legalization in a lot of areas. And, and this is what's going to drive legalization in the UK for sure. And we have a right. story pretty much like that from the UK. It's one of the ones, because I've got two stories to cover today, briefly. Okay. Uh, one of them, the title is A Blueprint for the UK Cannabis Industry. And it's an article that's been shared over on Percy's a couple yeah. of times this week. So I thought we'd pull that one out and have a look at it. So let's take a look. I'll put it up on the screen for you. Here we go. So it says, let's take a brief read through this. Senior Associate David Hardstaff and partner John Binns of BCL Solicitors LLP share their views on a blueprint for the UK cannabis industry. Uh, uh, it says here there's a title subtitle saying Whiskey Galore. The, the plan is compiled by the APPG co-chaired by Baroness Manzor, CBE, and Crispin Blunt. And Crispin Blunt is a guy who's been working hard for the legalization of cannabis for a long time. I'm sure many people would have heard of him. Uh, uh, Both members of the ruling Conservative Party, aka the Tories, uh, with contributions from a range of sources, including clinical and trade groups, uh, a wide array of research features covering topics ranging from bee diversity to pharmaceuticals. Aside from the obvious consumer demand for liberalized cannabis policy, the plan's headline focus on the practical opportunities presented by a thriving hemp and cannabis, including CBD industry. These include an estimated 594,000 plus jobs, 5.5 billion, billion with a B, uh, 5.5 billion in annual tax revenue. And that's right there, that's enough. Yeah, by itself done mate make it done yeah, sold exactly. when they say 5.5 billion in tax revenue and also say conservative party it's a yes doesn't matter what it is <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's a yes uh and environmental and agricultural benefits aimed at meeting carbon neutrality by 2050 uh the analysis opens by observing that the uk does not have to address the issue of legalized recreational thc uh, to establish itself as a viable commercial hub. Tactically, this is a shrewd opener, cutting through the stasis sometimes resulting from different views on recreational use of cannabis. And they, they talk about, you know, that, that's the, the whole stigma, the, the view of the public about cannabis. And it's like the majority of people in the UK give no fucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either they're for it or they really just don't give a fuck. Uh, The plan relies on two primary comparators, the mature cannabis market of Colorado, US, and the Scotch whiskey industry. So they're trying to, you know, uh, make comparisons between the two. 
Colorado is held as an example of what a, a country aspiring to world-class regulation and global bioscience leadership requires. Do you know what the score is with Colorado? What's the rules over there, Monkey? You got any idea? Rules as far as what now, Mike? Like, uh, do they have home grow? Yes. Um, I think it's a six plant limit on their home grow. And if you're doing edibles, you can be expanded to 12 plants per person. Okay. Uh, you know, pretty good limits. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd be kind of happy with that. You know, my, my thoughts about yeah, no, plant no limits, limits and shit. No numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. give, give me a space limit, no numbers. Right. But, you know, if they just copy and pasted Colorado's thing, you know, a lot of people are going to be happy with that. They would. Colorado mm -hmm. is one of the more liberal areas in the country as far as being able to do your own thing in the cannabis space. Yeah, and it says uh, the whiskey industry is used to demonstrate the UK's reputation for developing high-end premium products. You know, we make good whiskey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's many things that we do well here in the UK. And I'm sure when we are allowed to grow cannabis or sell it or whatever, then we will do it well because that's how we roll. Mm -hmm. But you've got to let us do it to start with. And you, these government motherfuckers, you've all seen it happen in all these different countries, man. When they legalize cannabis, they put more regulations on it than it was when it was illegal. You know, there's just one, pretty much one big rule that you can't do it. <laughs> and then say, all right, you can do it, but here's 50 more fucking guidelines you have to follow to make sure you're not breaking the rules. Mm. Yeah, it's fucking fast, man. Fast, it does so. that bothers me when they start putting those kind of rules on home grow because it could, sometimes it's ridiculous, you know. Mm -hmm. So, the parallel being drawn is clear. And while the UK may never be the cannabis, uh, be to cannabis what Scotland is to whiskey, the opportunities highlighted are too significant to ignore. Aside from the obvious economic benefits through taxation of products from consumer to medical, uh, how can you tax medicine? That's something which we're going to have to argue with as we move forward, uh, anyway. And reduction in crime <laughs> just goes without saying, you know, when you make something that is illegal, not illegal anymore, you will see a reduction in crime. <laughs> sure, because it's no longer illegal. It's no. automatically a reduced crime. My now, God, people. I don't, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but there's Jeez. so many crimes with the figure quotation marks that are related mm. to cannabis in some way from growing it, smoking it, distributing it all the you know it's got to be i'll just take a quick guess at say five to ten percent of all crimes reported have something to do with cannabis i don't know it's just grabbing numbers out the fucking air but it's a percentage that will no longer be there and it doesn't matter whether it's one percent or ten percent it's it's a reduction in crime right fucking stupid think, sorry but what? i was gonna say i think one of the biggest things that gets skated over a lot with things like that is the potential for jobs like in a time where the economy has quite literally shit itself you'd think that apart from the you know the money coming in you've got the potential for what, what it was saying in there was over half a million jobs that's a half a million people earning a decent a, a decent pit of coin mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been earning it before um and, and then taxes all of us, too. well yeah paying taxes and then on top of that as you said, you yes, that then all of a sudden you you take away that criminal element. So then money's not being given to that section to then uh, police that part of it, so that money can go elsewhere. It's to me, it's a no-brainer. But again, you know, I'm not a politician, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> 
But to that point, you're absolutely right. Now you don't have the police running around after dime bags and they can deal with the real douchebags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that that uh, that saying there. Stop dealing with dime bags and deal with the douchebags. That fucking yeah. works. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it says, sorry, it says here in the uh, key recommendations, it's part of the article here, uh, to achieve its objective of a thriving UK cannabis industry. There is already a thriving UK cannabis industry. You're just not part of it because you won't let it fucking be legal. <laughs> you know, it, everybody smokes weed in the UK, man. It's, it's ridiculous. There's already a thriving market, man. But anyway, as well as hemp, the, the plan makes 23 specific recommendations, including uh, move hemp licenses from the home office to DEFRA. I don't know who they are. Uh, to put the UK on a competitive footing with other hemp producing countries, the licensing of industrial hemp cultivation should be moved to the Department of Environmental Food and Rural Affairs. That's what DERFA is. DERFRA. That's what that is. That's what them letters yeah. mean. Look at that. <laughs> usually, usually people would say, you know, move him from home office to the Department for Environmental Food and Rural Affairs in brackets, DEFRA. And we're like, oh, now we know what it means. But they left it further on. Anyway. It so, rolls off your tongue, too. It is such a catchy phrase. Whose staff have agricultural, agricultural expertise and are better qualified than those in the home office to assess applications for hemp cultivation. Uh, number two, commission a review of the novel food regulations and its applications to hemp-based food supplements. So they're talking mainly about CBD and shit there. So establish commercially viable THC limits in consumer products. What are you talking about, man? Just, mm. you know, just let it do its fucking thing. What's wrong with these people? I don't understand why they need to fuck with it so much. Well, there seems to be a... Uh misunderstanding or paranoia that these high THC limits are going to cause you know everybody to go insane mind altering like... super skunk is what they call it monkey oh my god mind, mind altering super well, skunk they can have their super skunk <laughs> if you find my bat weed you know where i am i mean i want yeah. super skunk i just you know you can understand i can't even understand but maybe they're talking about like uh extracts and things like that you can't have 100% THC rosin or something like that you know, or carts or no, 100% is going to have to be isolate. That's it. You know, I just hope they but... don't be like, you know, you, you can't have any more than 15% THC on a bud because that would take the piss. Mm. But here's a big one. Number four, allow GPs to prescribe cannabis and remove the requirement for doctors to triage their prescriptions with two other peers. So that would be massive just to be, you know, not only allow GPs, but fucking inform them. Because a lot of people, a lot of the GPs out there don't even know that this shit can be prescribed to people for medicine right now. There's still a lot of people that are blind to it. More people need to know about that. So on that on that point, is that what they've got to do at the moment? They've they're not only have they so they have to get a hold of two other prescribing doctors and say, This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Do you concur? Is that is that, so that that's the only way that they you can get medicinal? Is that how they've got to do it? Because if I that's the no case, no idea really. I, I so don't. in that, effect, you've got three doctors that have to form a trust, basically, so they can yeah. they can prescribe cannabis together. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's no, bizarro, man. That's nuts. No wonder there. No wonder you've got so so little doctors willing to do it because you know what? Take, 
That'd, what a fucking pain in the ass that would be. Doctor can prescribe yeah. you fucking Oromorph, though, the oral version of morphine. Like, here you go, no problem. Just, just don't yeah. drink the whole bottle. You know, here's a box of paracetamol. Just don't take them all at once. It's like, are you fucking, what the fuck is wrong with these people, man? The ignorance is shocking. It just, it just never ceases to fucking amaze me. Yeah, here's, here's cannabis, medical cannabis. Do whatever you want with it. It won't kill you. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It might just alter your mind and make you paranoid and schizophrenic. And it's just, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, damn. And then number five, the last one. Sorry, Annie, did you want to say something? I was going to say, that's a lot of hoops to jump through just to second that. That's, you know, you have to have three doctors. And if it's that big, those doctors have to be willing to draw the heat of being one of those doctors that's mm-hmm. into that wacky tobacco, mm-hmm. um, which could be bad for their practice. And so, uh, you know, it really makes it a, a almost impossible. Crazy. You know, in the States, I could see that would be a perfect opportunity to start a little medical business. You find three doctors willing to open up and do a cannabis yeah. business. You know what I'm in I swear, <laughs> in the capitalist states, it would be done in a second. You know, yeah. Dr. MJ. That's it. You go to Dr. One and Dr. Two and Three approve. You're done. <laughs> Crazy shit. And then the fifth one here is uh, Reform the Proceeds of Crime Act 20, uh, 2002. At present, investors remain cautious about investing in the cannabis sector owing to the risk of associated with the proceeds of crime act as a consequence proceeds from medical cannabis businesses in states such as Colorado may constitute criminal property, even if fully legal and authorized in the foreign state. So that it pretty much, it means they people don't want to invest in say a dispensary because if it gets busted and they can take everything out of the dispensary and probably close the dispensary down as well and take all the money because it's, proceeds of crime crazy shit mm. man but that that, hap- that happens with with the feds though or, or was happening for a mm-hmm. while there where mm-hmm. they the feds had come through even though it was legal in the state the feds were coming through and busting all and that's why they were having issues because they couldn't take their money to the bank because federally it's illegal so they can't can't be putting profits into the bank so they had to somehow keep it on hand and then they're all getting broken into because I, I swear we we had a couple of um news stories about that not long ago um mm-hmm. that they were they were talking about finally uh, allowing cannabis um you yeah. know dispensaries and things to be able to go and use the banks yeah yeah it's crazy shit man it's just i just don't trust the government to be able to put this together properly it's going to end up a massive fucking farce. We're going to be 10 years down the line before anything is really done. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe something will happen. We need the money. You know, we, the, we need something to kickstart the economy here in the UK. We don't have anything. You know, we used to have nice car plants that, you know, people would sell cars all over the world and shit. We don't have that anymore. There's loads of shit that we have that we don't have anymore. So we need something mm. to kickstart this fucking you know, post-Brexit economy, post-COVID economy, you know, there's something needs to fucking give, man. Well, it's the, it's the countries and the areas that are legalizing earlier that are going to be cashing in the major amounts of bucks in this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time everybody, the last people come online, the money's already done. You know, everybody else is ready to flood your market is basically what's going to happen. Well, and as I said here as well, you know, they mentioned the, um, the, the the thriving cannabis business here in the UK. And, it, and I said that it's already about. We have here the biggest ever cannabis farm worth 6.5 million 
discovered mm. in Walsall property. And Walsall is a place in the UK. So. And apparently they found a massive fucking farm. 6,000 plants were found stuffed inside this slandly road-based property. So mm. 6.5 million. You know, what's 20% of that? Because that's what tax is. <laughs> you know, it's 20% of 6.5 million. It's, it's making them conservatives mouth water, telling you they're so thirsty right now. They want some of that tax money. Uh, a, a <laughs> I mean, I'm missing out on money here. Uh, a 6.5 million cannabis farm described as one of the biggest ever found by a team of Midland police officers has been smashed. Oh my gosh. It's been smashed. They smashed it. (laughs) Police found more than 6,000 plants crammed into a Walsall property during a raid. West Midlands police said the illicit grow was worth more than 6.5 million on the legacy market and was found during a pre-planned warrant at a building in Slanley Road just after 9.30 a.m. on Friday, May 21st. No arrests have been made, but urgent inquiries to find those involved continue. (laughs) (laughs) It's that no arrests have been made. Nobody was there <laughs> looking after 6,000 plants. It's, come on. Uh, no, they probably had an escape route, man. It's just the, uh, that you probably let them know beforehand, didn't it? <laughs> uh, there's cameras or something. They saw them coming and they knew how to get, get the hell no, out like, of there. The police force is crooked as fuck and been like, yo, Phil, mm-hmm. they're coming, bro. Get mm-hmm. the fuck out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> So Phil, Phil hands him a few thousand quid. Thanks for the information. See you later. And he's out of jail, right? Yeah, fucking oh, craziness. No, uh, crazy, man. Where, where are we here? Fine. There's a hundred more they don't, though, right? Mm, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And the, the problem a, is, sorry, but what? No, you're, I was just going to say on to, to that point of the, you know, everyone found there's a hundred more that's not. We had a police force in Victoria come out and go, we just don't have the resources. Because they were they were finding one they they're saying they can find one a week roughly um, they get lucky if they find two but they said that they know that there's hundreds more in an area that they just don't have the police funding to go and um, to go and bust and I mean I find that hard to believe with the amount of money they get for policing mm-hmm. cannabis but at the same time I find it funny that it's like so you're telling me that you can bust one but we're paying all this money for you and you're not, you know, you're telling us that you can't do your job. Like how much fucking money do you need? But the problem I find here is uh, it says pictures show a huge array of wires coming from a number of meters, which have been bypassed in order to power the illegal factory. This is usually we get some caught bypassing <laughs> yeah. power. Eventually somebody yeah. finds the siphon and oh, there you go. You know, there's nothing wrong with growing cannabis nothing wrong with it but you can't steal electricity and you can't rig the fucking meters to because it becomes a fire risk you know you can't do that kind of thing man you have to try and be above board but with electricity prices the way they are and shit you know they are robbing from us too but two wrongs don't make a right man just try and do the right thing rigging your electric is not a good idea don't do that be legit as possible so they've got nothing on you. All you're doing is growing your own plants. In this case, you know, a lot of people's fucking plants. But still, you got to try and run a legitimate business if that's the way you're going to do things. Don't rig yeah. the electricity. Why is it every time they find one of these, they're all they, they're growing with HPS or something? Mm. Like it's, you know, I've, I'm yet to see one get busted 
where it's all LEDs. It's because you can it's, spend fucking 100 quid on a 600 watt digital ballast and a bulb with a reflector. Or you right. spend 500 quid on a proper LED that will cover the the, uh, the 600 watt HPS, isn't it? Because they're good. And if you, if you steal on electricity, who cares how much it burns? Mm, right? Yeah, good point. I suppose it's a good point. Mm. I mean, but how many times How many times do you see it's like that's why they get caught is because the, the electricity has been mm-hmm. siphoned. You'd think someone, well, maybe the ones that aren't getting caught have clued onto that. You know, on a garden that side as well, 6,000 plants, it's going to be using a lot of fucking electricity and that's going to get noticed by yeah. the power company. So the power company's yeah. probably called it open and like, you want to go check out this place on Slandy Road and see what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> I think they're mining think... Bitcoin, you know? <laughs> yeah. My mind seems to remember GV covering a grow in Ireland that was busted and it was using LEDs because I remember him saying that were my grows. Hmm. Right. Okay. So it's not not uncommon or not impossible for have to see them using LEDs. But you know, like like Mackie says, you're not going to have a lot of questions asked when you're just buying HPSs and stuff like that. I guess if you're buying fifty micro uh, array fours or array eights, people are going to want to know where what you're doing with that. Our specialist mm-hmm. cannabis disposal team have been clearing the scene and working with Western Power to make the site safe as the electricity has been bypassed. I'll join that team. Uh, I've got my personal <laughs> cannabis disposal. <laughs> exactly, everybody. You should all be on the cannabis disposal team and disposing <laughs> cannabis using Ed Rosenthal's preferred method of putting it in your pipe and burning it. That's like your personal <laughs> cannabis incinerator. Mm-hmm. Where did they get 6,000 clones? There's a thriving... UK industry in cannabis here, Woody. They just refuse to fucking see it. It's a joke. Uh, yeah, remember, they, they weren't just growing 6,000 plants for no reason. There is a demand, right? <laughs> Damn, in this bit here, they said, good uh, they went on Twitter to brag as they do. Uh, we see six, four, 6.5 million pounds worth of cannabis from over 40 rooms in a very large building. 40 fucking rooms, man. Damn. The bust came. Uh, the bust came after a seven hundred thousand pound cannabis farm was found at Diamond Banqueting Suite hmm, in Wolverhampton. So shit's what getting grown here. So what was it like? A it sounds like it was an old disused um, motel or hotel or something. Well, they maybe it was a I pub. Thought it was a, I thought it was a courthouse or something like that. I don't know. I read an article somewhere about. <laughs> About a courthouse in, in central England that have been used for maybe mate. everything's closing down here in the UK right now. It's absolutely ridiculous, man. And, and you know, it could have been an old cinema, an old bingo hall, an old pub. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, all the pubs have closed down in the UK. There's barely any left. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. lots of empty buildings right now, and there's not enough of the economy functioning right now for them buildings to get filled up with businesses that can afford them. So they just get left abandoned and then people just go in there and start growing a shitload of fucking wheat. Sounds like a plan to me, man. Yeah, well, fucking people are crazy. Nah, man. They, they wanna, need to uh, be legalized that they could be taxing this stuff and people could actually be using the medicine properly. Nobody said in chat, a cannabis farm with 1,022 plants uh, growing in a former magistrate's court next door to a police station in Cheshire. <laughs> That's the one I read about. That's the one I read about. <laughs> Cocky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what can you do, man? <laughs> they, they have lost this battle 
a long time ago. You know, cannabis is easily accessible in the UK. There's big farms like this all over the country. And it could have even been the case of, you know, take this one and then we'll keep these nine. You know what I mean? It's, it's all crooked, man. So it's about time the government seen this and changed the rules so they can get a piece of the fucking pie and leave everybody alone. Yeah. Sorry, Anna, you were saying? Well, I mean, Canada's part of the Commonwealth and they should just look to Canada and see how many tax dollars the government has made, how many jobs have been created across an array of, of sectors. You've mm -hmm. got the growers, you've got the, the distributors, you've got the bud tenders, you've got buildings being filled up with actual businesses. And like, there's a huge impact on all sectors with these amazing jobs. And all mm -hmm. the UK has to do is look across the pond. And even in the U.S., you look at the, the states that have legalized the amount of money that's going back into schools, going back into beautification of these cities that have been run down because they've lost the car industry and mm -hmm. many industries as well. Um, it's not a hard question. And it's not like this. They're trying to you know, reinvent the wheel. The wheel is rolling over here. We and have to do our own studies, though. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like all yeah, the studies that have already been done. <laughs> And Switzerland has to do their own studies and everybody has to do their own studies. That's the mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. It's like hell. Well, the queen's on our money. Like we're. <laughs> she doesn't really have a say in anything that the government does here in the UK. It's all, it's all a charade, man. It's all yes, fake. But yeah, if it, you know, me is that bad, you'd think they would be, you know, looking at these really obvious cash cows mm -hmm. that are already there it's, you know it's already being done all you know our government's greedy enough that went hey we want our we want our cut yeah what's happy to that part mm -hmm. mm. crazy I mean, but all the reading i've been doing has been saying is the basically the same thing is that you can't really stop legalization right now so what what the people that are opposed right now are doing is they're just doing anything they can to slow it down and again, yeah. you know, we need more studies. We need to have our own studies. We need this. We need that. It's just that tactics to make it go slower. That's all it is. They'll lose eventually. But right now, yeah. that's where we're at. And what we need here as well is we need them to make sure that they don't tax it ridiculously. I mean, somebody said in the chat here, I can't remember who it was, uh, just having a quick scroll. If they tax yeah. it ridiculous, the only thing you're doing there is you're doing the legacy market a favor. Because yeah. You made it legal. Mm -hmm. And you also gave them an advantage to sell it cheaper. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody said the tax needs to be, it was around the lines of the tax needs to be fair and, you know, uh, symbiotic instead of parasitic because otherwise Correct. it's just not going to work. And that's we exactly what's it. been happening all over the fucking world. You know, in California and shit, they put too much tax on it. In Canada, too much tax on it. So people still go to the illicit market and go get their cannabis from there because it's the same shit, but at a cheaper price. Uh, that's the way it's going to be, man. You put too much tax is in it, it and people it, go back to the legacy market anyway. Is it the same? Is that, I thought the argument was that it wasn't. Isn't that what they've been saying the whole time? It's it's different. It's not not the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's completely different <laughs> cannabis. That's right, mate. Yeah, That's right. It's special cannabis. Mm -hmm. Theirs is shit time. and ours is good. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but this sort of leads into your story as well, doesn't it there, Bubba Hawk? It does actually, funnily enough. Um, although mine mine does more come from uh, the medical side of things. Um, so this one comes from cannabis. Uh, most patients still using illicit cannabis, yet prescription numbers soar. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, so most Australian patients are still self-medicating with illicit cannabis, 
although numbers accessing prescription products has risen dramatically, according to new research by the Lambert Initiative. The third cannabis as medicine survey questioned 1,600 people using medicinal cannabis between 2020, uh, September 2020 and January 2021, found 37% of respondents received a legal prescription for medicinal cannabis, a significant increase on the 2.5% reporting prescription use in the CAMS 18, while 62% accessed only illicit products. Uh, so those who use prescription cannabis tended to be older, female, and less likely to be employed. I don't know where they pull that from, but sure. Um, in this first study of its kind to examine the differences between prescribed and illicit users in Australia, lead researchers, Professor Nicholas Linzeris from the Faculty of Medicine and Health at the University of Sydney said there were clear health benefits for patients moving to prescribed products. He added <clears throat> people using illicit cannabis were more likely to smoke their cannabis compared to people using prescribed products who were more likely to use oral products or vaporized cannabis. Overall respondents reported positive outcomes from medicinal cannabis use with 95% saying their health had improved. Um, funny that. The main reason for using prescribed medicine was chronic pain and consistent with data from the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Those using illicit products were more likely to be treating mental health or sleep conditions with 98% suggesting their main health condition had improved. Despite the large increase in patients using prescribed products in the last two years, only 24% of those had done so agreed that the current model for accessing medicinal cannabis was easy or straightforward. A uh, barrier identified by most respondents was cost with an average spend of $79 a week. Um, yeah, it's, I can tell you now it's more expensive than that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, people using illicit products also cited an inability to find medical practitioners who were happy to consider medicinal cannabis, consistent with findings from the 2020 Senate inquiry into barriers to patient access. Uh, more than a third said they did not know a medicinal, uh, a medical practitioner who, who would prescribe medicinal cannabis. 25% said their own GP was not keen, while 12% were unaware cannabis could be legally prescribed. In addition, 47% cited the cost of prescribed cannabis as the reason they turned to a illicit market, with 18.5% concerned with confidentiality. A further 16% said they preferred illicit cannabis over prescribed products. Elsewhere in the study, 26% of legal users took mainly THC products, 40% a balance, while 31% favoured a dominant CBD profile. Among illicit users, 34% said they were unsure of the cannabinoid content. So, well, that's, you know, illicit, really, they're just getting it out there. You're not really going to know how much is in it because you know, how many times have you ever asked your dealer, oh, how much, what's in this? What is it? And then they tell you what it is and it's <laughs> fucking definitely. Startup, yeah. Startup. Yeah. yeah, it runs. It's definitely runs. Mm. It's Littles. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that you wanted? Well, yeah, that's it. That's, that's what it is. Um, where were we? So the study found almost two-thirds of legal users prescribed medicinal cannabis by a clinic, 25% by a GP, and 10% by a medical specialist. A Lambert Initiative Academic Director, Professor Ian McGregor, said the study illustrated the advantages in using prescribed medicinal cannabis over illicit cannabis. These include safer routes to, of administration, greater certainty of access, and better communication between patients and doctors. Patients can also be informed of the exact THC slash CBD composition, which is an ongoing problem with the illicit product. 
there should be further efforts to transition patients from illicit to regulated quality controlled cannabis products. Uh, CAMS is the largest national survey of medicinal cannabis users conducted every two years. It was undertaken as a partnership between the discipline of addi addiction medicine and the Lambert Initiative. Uh, so initial findings were presented at the medical can medicinal cannabis industry, Australia's A Cannabis Conference in March by Dr. Lou Mills from the University of Sydney. Um, I mean, some of this, yeah. And then uh, a lot of it, I'm thinking, no knowing how many people are actually uh, consuming cannabis as a whole, the, the size of the group they used, again, 1,600 people really isn't a whole lot, not when we're talking over a quarter of a million prescriptions uh, for cannabis in, in the last few months alone. Um, I, know, I think I had one of those come up last time. I, I had one of these. So it really sort of throws, I don't know if you can see the infographic there, but it comes up with um, illicit users spent $58.60 a week, prescribed users spent $79.20 a week, and dual users spent $114 a week. So I really don't think, I, th I just think that the ones using the illicit, are, they're not, you know, again, it's the whole fear of of getting in and actually telling people the truth mm -hmm. um, as to what they're using and, and how much they're using uh, at 58, 60 a week. Yeah. I, you know, it's probably cheaper to get illicit, especially the costs of, you know, if you're paying 200 odd dollars for 10 grams, even at the cheapest, it's 150 for 10 grams. That's a lot of money for a, a heavy, a heavy user. Um, and that's, that's just for flour. You know, once you start talking hash or con, um, concentrates and things like that, that money starts to get higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. um, and it starts to get yeah, way too expensive. I mean, the fact that 47% said it was too expensive, that's, that's a telling sign right there. So, but yes. Had an interesting comment there from Roy in the, Roy sued in the chat. What's up, bro? There's a, I've noticed the price of bud has stayed around £10 per gram, give or take, but I've noticed my electric bill has nearly doubled. If I wasn't a person grower, I'd be concerned. Uh, surely that drives the profit grower to be unsafe and rig the mains or use inferior method of cut costs. Yeah, man, for sure. It's definitely a problem in the UK. And I think the only reason why it stayed £10 a gram is because dealers don't want to carry around coinage <laughs> you know i mean imagine having to give people change all yeah. the time like oh that's 13 pound bro here's a five there's two they you know they're not, they don't 13, want to play that no, no that's 13.49 that's what you know so now we need uh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but the cost of a cube the cost of a cube has gone up though you used to be able to buy a quarter of weed for 50 pound and my cousin can only find it for 60 pound now well, it used to be 80, 80 bucks a year. Now you're looking at a hundred. If you, it, well, the last I, the last I was getting it, it's going back a while now. And it was only mm -hmm. because I didn't have anything on the run. Um, it's because and of, I, you know, balk at it. Well, you know, and, and at ten pound a gram, they've been overcharging for a long time anyway, bro. So even mm -hmm. at ten pound a gram, they're still making money, even though the prices are all going up. They still fucking make a profit, aren't they? It's the yeah, it it's amazing. It's when you when you do grow it yourself and you go, how in the fuck do they justify the cost when it took me this much to grow it? And I'm, you know, but 
it's it's the illegality of it the and moving it across state borders and things like that that they do that's where the the extra money comes on and you know and the, the people growing it probably never never see it's the same with um the coca growers um you know in uh, where is it not brazil in mexico um mexico and that you know they're making nothing mm-hmm. you know pennies on the dollar and the moment it gets transported overseas the, the people making the money are the cartels so it would be much the same here um, only in this instance it's the government making the money and the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. making the money but we won't go down there because then i'll end up on a rant so yeah it's craziness what about you anna you, uh amanda hasn't showed up yet you know what? I'm just going to give up on her. And I think it's great that my story will be last because I think it's a good topper to this. But listening okay. to that article, I'm always interested in the things that are left in and the things that are left out. And sometimes there's things that are put in that don't need to be there. So older female unemployed are yeah. the high. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, what are they uh, subscribing this for? Chronic pain, which would make sense. These women are probably unemployed because they have chronic pain because they are disabled in some way. Well, I was thinking it was going to be more along the lines of older unemployed women are more likely to volunteer for studies like this. (laughs) (laughs) That that could also be a possibility. Yes. There's many different things that need to be taken into account, I think. Yes, but so just throwing out, oh, they're they're all unemployed, these lazy old ladies. Um, (laughs) It it just seems sort of flippant when people write articles like that. Well, why Mm -hmm. are they unemployed? Well, you're prescribing this for chronic pain so they're probably unemployed because they've been damaged at some point some way right mm-hmm. and cannot work and are choosing this instead of oxy or whatever else takes the pain away right good choice Ooh, yeah. you know <laughs> that's my thought cannabis and then fucking oxy duh. but <laughs> then the 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 worst part about it is that the cost then you know, the, the half of the articles talking about the illicit market and people using the illicit market because it's cheaper. So yeah. if the cost is that prohibitive and you've got people that aren't working, how are they supposed to afford this type of money yeah. when everything else, like, you know, your, your cost of food goes up, your cost of, um, your cost of living in general goes up, electricity, fuel, everything else has gone up. And then they're still expecting you to pay ridiculous amounts of money to your pharmacy for something that you can grow in your backyard for less than an eighth of the price. Yeah, I, I just, you know, like effectively you could grow it for nothing in your backyard. Mm-hmm. If you've got mm-hmm. decent soil, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just dumb in, you know, but anyway, it's, that's just the fight, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's a pain in the fucking ass, man. <laughs> There's, uh, I mean, in Canada, it doesn't all seem perfect up, up there right now, does it? Um, you want me to do my little, this is what happens when the government does become your drug dealer? That's right. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> so, BC, British Columbia, BC cannabis stores close, layoff, stop, uh, layoff staff as job action prevents pot deliveries. Wow. Uh, this has been going on for the last two weeks or so. Some of British Columbia's cannabis stores say they're shutting their doors and laying off staff after a labor dispute in the public sector has stopped the province's pot distribution center from shipping product since early last week. The privately owned stores must purchase their stock from the BC liquid 
Kroger distribution brand. Wow. Crony um, capitalism at its best uh, right here. Yep. So these privately owned stores say they have no choice. They have to shut their doors because the private government can't get them their pot. And it has nothing to do with anything except the company that does distribution is on strike. They want to be paid properly. Um, so Mood Cannabis uh, is just a random chain of stores. They've had to lay off 90% of their staff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There has already, now this article is a week ago. Um, at that point, there have been 40 stores that had already closed their doors, laid off all their staff because they, they can't get anything. Uh, supplies started dwindling after British Columbia General Employees Union, which represents the public service workers in the province, and they want better wages. And so they're the only ones that can distribute this. The stores are open, the cannabis is there, but the company that moves it and it has to go through because the government has a monopoly, they're not working. So that's the problem here. Um, yeah, so that's happening there. Um, they are figuring by the end of August, if this is not cleared up, 70% of the legal pot retailers in BC will have had to close their doors because they've got nothing to sell. So um, it's like, what, where do we even fucking begin with this craziness? Well, it's very interesting because a few weeks ago uh, here in Ontario, um, our OCS, our Ontario Cannabis Store, which is the government, they got hacked. Their distribution system, the computer system got hacked and they had to shut everything down. And I think it was about two, three days where they couldn't deliver anything. The online orders that individuals were doing were not being processed, shut it down. And within 24 hours, a lot of these stores started to run out of their popular products. I, you know, I like to think of a positive thing. A few of them were able to get rid of the stuff that they were having a hard time getting rid of. Mm-hmm. But this BC job action has been going on now for... 13 days, I think. And so when your government does take control and they become your only legal dealer, mm-hmm. all these chickens are in one basket or all the eggs are in one basket, however that goes, then you've got, these things can happen. And these are mm-hmm. mom pot shops that are now fucked. And they're saying there's a yeah. big native reserve there and they can still sell their cannabis because they're outside of the law. They can do whatever they want. Um, so people will now be going to the reserve to pick up their cannabis. And a lot of them won't go back to the legal market. Mm-hmm. Or you say, hey, you know what? My legacy market, they never let me down. They may have been around the mm-hmm. corner for like 15 minutes, three yeah. hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> still 15 minutes. Yeah. You're still 15 <laughs> minutes away. <laughs> but at least they're coming, right? When your government's like, you've got to buy from me. Yeah, that's but I don't bad. Fucking do it. <laughs> it's funny how much the governments in the Western world love capitalism. And it's a good system when it's done properly. But they love capitalism until it comes to cannabis. It's like, oh, no, no, we can't have capitalism in cannabis. It's like saying, sorry, you can't drink those beers anymore. You can only buy from Budweiser. It's like, who, who do you think you fucking are, man? <laughs> hmm. That's not so how it, it works, right? In Ontario, um, we did deem cannabis as an essential service, mm-hmm. which means they can't go on strike. This can't happen in what? Ontario, but it's not an essential. Like what happened here was a computer hack. That's fucked. But you know, they, they got it sorted out. In BC, cannabis isn't seen as an essential service. So that's why this has been able to go on for right. so long. Mm-hmm. 
and, and it is a, it is an essential service. Well, anytime you have one particular company that holds that type of power, I mean, that's it's technically a legal monopoly, your delivery mm -hmm. service here. Mm -hmm. It seems like that you have to protect the public in that situation almost. Uh, they shouldn't be able to go on strike. That that's that that's too crippling. There's mm -hmm. no backup. And you know, oh. it's not like the government's trying to figure out the, the, the growers are there. So the growers could technically sell directly to the stores by press bypassing the government temporarily, mm -hmm. but they don't seem to be trying to find any solutions. And okay. what this means is like 70 stores, and I'm sure it's higher as of the recording of this program, who have employees that are hoping for their check to pay for their groceries that have doubled in the last six months. Six these weeks. Are communities, yeah, I mean, these are communities <laughs> that are struggling and these are minimum wage jobs, look at like really. But mm -hmm, people's mm -hmm. families rely on these minimum wage jobs and communities rely on it. And when sure. you're at the mercy of the government, hey, you can pay your taxes and you can do this. And, you know, hey, well, we'll sell you your pot. But you're not holding up your fucking end of the deal. Yeah. No, you're not. And you can't now, fire the government. We've tried that. In, in some states, I know it's the cannabis has to be transported from the grower to to the wholesaler to the read to everywhere basically by a licensed uh, transport service is that the way it is uh, in, over there i want to say yes um but i'm okay. not 100 percent sure like they're all within the government so these are government facilities and uh, the grower has to send it to the government facility at least here in ontario mm -hmm. they do their whole thing and then it's sold back to the stores and it's taxed all the way along wow um, definitely not a good system you know, all um, these years they've been telling us that we're not allowed to do that. And now they're just trying to scoop up the whole market for themselves, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would so, say shocking, but it's not really, is it? No, no, sadly not shocking. Mm -hmm. um, when the system went down here in Ontario and you realize there's no backup and, you know, it's a hacker. Are they not secure? And we're all these people who have been buying legally through the government. Is all of our information out there? for our employers mm. to find, like there's that reason sometimes to stay in the legacy market. It's mm -hmm. almost safer, yep. especially mm -hmm. if you're going to the OCS online. Now in Canada, we love our monopolies and we have um, here in Ontario, we only have really two phone companies we can use, which is insane. We have the highest cell phone rates in the world. You can go with Bell or you can go ro with Rogers. And earlier this month, Rogers got hacked and there was a zero cell phone service for any, and they're like 90% of the market. Damn. Stores couldn't process their debit machines. Uh, people couldn't call 911. You couldn't text. Like there was no, imagine your life with zero ability to hook up to the internet at all for mm. like 20 hours. People went fucking fuck wild. And this is what happens when you have monopolies. Like yeah, there's mm -hmm. no checks and balances. That's mm. so kind of So that maybe you know, once your governments, you know, get it together in the U.S. once you become federally legal, in the U.K. once they exhaust all their studies, at least they'll have Canada as something to look at and be like, don't do this. <laughs> you know, it reminds me when Amanda was on the show, the last time she dropped by and she was on the show, we, it was essentially the dubbed the fuck the government episode. <laughs> oh no, I was saying fuck the government. You you guys talked about something like speedos or something. I'm not sure what happened when I wasn't here to keep thinking about it. But I was oh, it, it went crazy. 
It was Bubba Huck's fault for sure. He he started going about budgie smuggling and all this kind of shit. <laughs> oh, quit blame, quit blaming me for that. That was the and chat, then, man. And then the lube what was that? Was that the the oh, episode as well? Was that was no, that was a different episode. The lube episode. No, it did it did make an appearance in that specific episode, but I don't think that was that. Shit, man. But essentially, we can't trust the government to do anything, right? You know, we have to do it ourselves. And this is why the cannabis market works without the government interference after this and many that, years. That's why the legacy market is still going strong. Mm-hmm. Even here in Canada, where it is legal across the board, there are certain uh, benefits to remaining within the legacy market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what are they going to do? Are they going to be like, fine, we won't let you have it then. And it's like, you've tried that. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> so whatever you fucking knobs. Fuck. it's Fuck called weed it, it grows like a weed you know what i mean <laughs> that's it man you grow your own grow your own it's the best way to and we're going to be covering that in the grow cards as well it's the best uh, the pros and cons to growing your own and this is definitely one of them you don't have to deal with all of this bullshit mm-hmm. there's a segue mm-hmm. but we always have a break before we move on to grow guides you know, yeah 420 is coming up in a, in another oh, i was going to say nine minutes but it's 11 minutes isn't it? In, in real time <laughs> Nine Mackie ten time, minutes. okay. Yeah. T- ten minutes because it just changed from eleven to twelve when I was there. That's shocking. Okay, <laughs> Mackie didn't know what time it is. You know what I mean, I ain't got a clue what's going on anymore. It's the same man. Your <laughs> clocks are just doing whatever the fuck they want to do, aren't they? They're fucked. <laughs> no, I mean, we have got a couple of uh, pieces of forum news that we want to quickly get to before we take the break for the four twenty that's approaching. Though, uh, on Tuesday, I'm coming up Tuesday at nine p.m. usual show time. We always like to try and keep it consistent. We have Madame Cannoli, Frenchie Cannoli's oh, wife, cool. coming to talk to us. That's going to be fucking sweet. Uh, she's, nice. she's coming to tell us about the new documentary, uh, Frenchie's film that has come out recently. She's going to tell us about that and where you can see it if you haven't seen it already. Shit like that. It's going to be cool, man. Looking forward to speaking to Madame Cannoli. It's been a long time. Uh, it has been. Mm-hmm. I hope she's okay, man. You know, she, It's been a bad year for her. It's nearly been a year since Frenchie passed, right? Is it, is it longer? Is it longer? Yeah, it time's longer, flown man. by, isn't it? It's, everything's flying by, man. We've got so much shit to deal with all the time. Time just seems to be pouring down the fucking drain. But that will be on Tuesday at nine o'clock on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash high and homegrown. Most of you are already there listening in the chat right now. So don't forget to hit the like button. You know what I'm saying? And then on Thursday... Uh, same time, 9 p.m., we have Jordan River, the host of Growcast, coming to join us to come and chat some shit and tell us about how life is in Oklahoma. Looking forward to that one, too. So a couple of good interviews so that you can catch live throughout the week on Tuesday and on Thursday at 9 o'clock. Come and check out those interviews. Any other forum news? Nothing that I can think of offhand. Yeah, nothing jumps to mind. Yes. No. Anything, Bubba Hockey, you good? I don't think so. You have any news you'd like to share with us there, Annie? Uh, not really. Just uh, keep an eye out for us when we uh, get back to work on uh, September 27th. Sweet. September 27th. It is September 27th. Man, I've done that twice. Oh. It's August. It's not September. God damn. I'm <laughs> trying to fucking <laughs> flush a month down the drain. It's a bubble, sorry. I was going to say, I, the, only, the only news I would say is that I did end up managing um, to get an email back from Dr. Brian Walker who's um, the member in the Senate in WA. So he's one of the first to be elected 
to government here in Australia um, as a legalized cannabis uh, member. So he Sweet. he's the one standing up and asking. He actually hails from your your part of the world, mate. So um, you'll probably be able to understand him better than me. Nice, because you know the accents differ so much. It, 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 it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, let, yeah. sorry, mate. But I was only going to say, there's only some people that think that we sound alike. Only some. It's crazy. Isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> we all speak English. It's, it's okay. We understand. It's yes. just the tonal thing, I think. But there is the cannabis news for this week. So there we go, everybody. That was this week's cannabis news and events. Thank you to Annie from the High Ladies for coming to join us. Amanda does join us eventually. She'll be on the Grow Guides episode, which is out on Friday, where we talk all about the pros and cons of growing your own cannabis. On Wednesday, we have an awesome interview, which we recommend everybody tunes in on. It's going to be with Caroline Gisborne. And not many people know who she is, but she's she's the mother of a child who suffers with intractable epilepsy. And she's been going through a lot recently with trying to get the medicine her son needs for his epilepsy. So she's had trouble with police and social services. And we're going to find out all about her story on Wednesday. So make sure you download that episode too. But in the meantime, thanks for downloading this episode. We always appreciate every single one of you listeners who tune in and download the show every week. It's massively appreciated. It would be awesome if you could also share the show with a friend who might enjoy this episode. But uh, no pressure. Only do that if you can and it won't get you in any trouble. You know what I mean? So anyway, thanks again for downloading the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thanks to the High Ladies for coming to join us. You can find them on Instagram. If you just search for the High Ladies podcast, you'll find them. So anyway, enjoy the rest of your week. I hope to catch you on Wednesday. Uh, Don't forget, as mentioned at the end of this episode on Tuesday, we have an interview with Madame Cannoli at 9pm UK time. We also on Thursday have an interview with Jordan River from Growcast, which will also be at 9pm. So hopefully we can see you throughout the week as well during those episodes. So, you know, Cannabis News on Monday, interview Tuesday, interview Wednesday, interview on Thursday and grow guides on friday lots of content this week so make sure you join us over on youtube youtube.com slash ironhomegrow we hope to see you there but thanks for downloading the show thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one have a good week goodbye <laughs>